edition of the Cottage Country Insider podcast. Uh, it is February 26th. It's actually, it's quite warm here. How is it up in Magnetowan this morning? Gorgeous, Dave. Sunny, beautiful. Yeah. We're going snowshoeing right go. after this. That's what we're going to try to go and do a walk. Kim's skiing right now. She wanted to go skiing before the snow started to get wet and sticky. So they had to know about nine o'clock. So, so, went from so minus just to, it went from minus 21 yeah. to minus three. It's crazy. Welcome, welcome to this winter. It's kind of been typical. So I'm just going to introduce my, my name is Jim Marshall. If you haven't met me, I'm a, uh, I'm a broker with Remax, Perry Sound Muskoka Realty Limited. I live, work in the Perry Sound area, two hours north of Toronto, straight up Highway 400 for those that are geographically challenged. Um, John, um, it works uh, out of uh, East Perry Sound, Omegwin area for the same office. John and I, how long have we known each other? Long time. Long time, absolutely. Yeah. Jim was my mentor when I first got into well, the business. <laughs> well, but even before, even before that, we, you, yeah. you know, we, we knew each other for a long, long time. So John and I have been, buddies for a long time and we talk actually two three times a week throughout the year absolutely uh, we're we're both tech nerds yes we both for tech, sure we both technology we both have teslas yeah <laughs> and uh so so we always throwing you know back and forth with each other bantering what's the market doing what's what's working for you what's not working and uh so describe kind of the market that you work in up in uh, El Magwin, John. Sure. Well, I cover, like Jim said, like the east side of the district more. So um, sort of Manitowabing east towards Algonquin Park. Uh, Sue and I actually have a cottage by Carney, so we do a, a fair bit down there too. Um, and I go as far south as Cashy Lake. Um, that's the south end of my range down there. So it's a pretty big area for sure. Kind of like, uh, I don't know what the uh, the actual square kilometers would be, but it's a lot of driving. Good thing we drive those Teslas. Well, I, I calculated all at one time the Perry Sound District is a comparable size to some of those little those little uh, um, I'm call them city states, but actually countries in Europe, the Liechtenstein's, yeah. the Luxembourg, <laughs> and things like that. So just yeah. you know, it's it's a huge area, and my area kind of overlaps in John's a little bit to the east, Manitowoc and Whitestone, and that, and we kind of do the opposite around here, where we go up towards Brit and the French River, and we go down south towards uh, Fort Severn. Not really to there, but down towards you know, the lakes down like Go Home Lake and Six Mile, and that will do, and the points in between. So between the two of us, we've pretty well got you covered for most of you know the Muskoka, Perry Sound area. How many miles do you think, Jim? I'm just curious. Oh, kilometers? Well, kilometers. It's, less than it, it's less than it used to be. It used to be about... 40 to 50,000 kilometers. But that's when I had Kitchen University and things like that too. Now it's coming in around 30, 32. And I think that's partly because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We're driving less, there's less a show. You know, having people up on a Saturday and say, let's go look at four cottages because there aren't four cottages. You're coming and looking at one. So yeah. so it is. it is made, you know, my driving and the wear and tear in the vehicle a little bit easier. <laughs> but uh i'm i what is happening right now actually with the market up in the magwin area is there anything going on it is february after all yeah i just ran the numbers uh, a few minutes ago and it's really slow because there's just nothing to buy um yeah. 
so if we pull in from say uh, Whitestone area, Brooks Falls, Magneto One, and Sunridge, there's only been 32 sales of everything, lots, cottages, homes, uh, since November. Wow. In a normal year, that would be, uh, we average 126 pre-pandemic. That's a, that's a big drop, but there's just nothing for folks to buy. So you're looking at about a quarter of the inventory. Exactly. More or less. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's wow. really tough for folks looking, especially year round homes. There's only nine for sale in our area right now is, you know, there should be 30 or 40 at least. And there's nine homes, year round homes for sale. Yeah. That's tough. And we're, and we're saying the same thing over here. Like there's been stretches where, you know, the town of Perry Sound itself has had no single family homes. For sale. <laughs> they have condos, but no yeah. single family homes at all. Yeah. And, you know, right now for waterfront cottages year-round access, winterized, uh, I don't think, I can't think of any. Yeah. Uh, no. There might be, but, you know, we just sold one. We had up on Harris Lake, well, conditionally sold one. And it was the only one. So, of course, we're getting all the calls on it. Right. Even in February. And we were getting at one point, we, it took us a little over three weeks to get a, an accepted offer on it. We were yeah. getting, on average five to eight showings a weekend mm. on it. So, uh, and then you know, you're always working around weather and things as well. And, uh, you know, people are running late because there's snow squalls and things. So um, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was a good bellwether kind of to see what, you know, give us a bit of a precursor of what the market's going to be like this spring. So what kind of the segue into that, do you think things are going to improve? Well, on, at this end of the district, I think inventory is still going to be low. Usually by now, between you and I, we have quite a list of of cottages for the spring, and we have some between the two of us, but a fraction of what we uh, what we normally uh, have. So I think it's going to be really tough for people looking. Um, the one that yeah. I sold last week on Horn Lake, if that's any, any indication, that's a good lake. And the first person through bought it cash because they've been looking for months and couldn't find anything. You know, yep, we want it cash done. And uh, there's nothing nothing else to find. So, yeah, same out your way? Same here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just, you know, we're, we're lining people up, prob you know, picking up, you know, probably a buyer a day. And they're all kind of looking at the same type of thing as you're saying year round winterized, you know, budgets up to, you know, up to exceeding $3 million. You know, these yeah. are solid people. These are people that are not really affected by, you know, the higher interest rates or not, not as exposed to things like that. And yeah. uh, these are people probably our age ish, you know, yeah. looking to get out part-time or full-time out of the city and buy a waterfront property and we just don't have the stuff we certainly hope the inventory levels come up we are we've got about four places that we're going to be looking at putting on the market in the springtime for waterfront uh, yeah. a lot that's it yeah. so it's going to be you know and i was i was talking to somebody the other day and uh talking about inventory levels and they said well what do you used to be like I go back a long time. I said, I used to carry 35, 40 listings at some point. Is that, how did you do that? It's like, well, a lot of work, but you know, yeah. we're not doing that anymore. I remember one um, spring, I had 21 cottages. 
not that many. 21, that was a lot. At the same time, listed the same week. And uh, I have four for this spring. What? <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you know the thing, even to put the listings together, I'm not sure if the public really realizes how much work. But, you know, <laughs> if I do a listing, if I start in the morning on a listing, I mean, of course, you're, you know, just say somebody drops by your office. It's yeah. a full day just to get all the information together. And then you got to schedule video, you got to schedule you know, the photos and that. It, yeah. take, take, it takes days to put these things up for sale, to prepare the copy, figure out the advertising. Yeah, it's not like it was I, years ago. Take a couple Polaroid shots and like, <laughs> no, it's a bit of an orchestration now to get things going. And uh, it's good though because the listings are better than they were a decade ago. Far more information, far better. Oh God! Uh, oh, sometimes yeah. far better photography, depending. On what you want. But uh, uh, for the most part, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. I think we got much better information than we did. You know, you, it would be hard. You know, you'd be hard to sometimes get property measurements or inside measurements from people yeah. back years ago. You know, so so what tips do you have if you if you've got buyers that are looking to buy in you know in your your area that you work? What what are you telling them? What what kind of tips do you have? Well, because inventory is so low, if they if they find something that kind of ticks off the boxes, don't assume that if they wait another week or month there's going to be another 10 to compare it to like if, if if in the price range they want the area that they want you know and it works for them i don't think they should wait because who knows if something's going to come up even this entire season you know i i think if they if, if they think it's right they should move on it don't be pushy with folks but i think you have to be honest with them too and say I don't know if you're going to find something else if you're going to try to wait and see what the market does. That's a tough. That's a gamble. So you're 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 getting people that want to be on a specific lake, say I don't know, let's just say Amic Lake, for example, yeah. and you're just keeping them kind of at the top of the world of Texas. Things come up. You're emailing properties as they come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah and say you know time to drive you know it's not that panic that it was during the during the pandemic where people were you know going crazy uh you know with multiple offers on almost everything but they're still selling if they're priced right they're selling quite fast still uh, i think there's still a lot of buyers they're more savvy uh than they would have been and certainly using their heads more hopefully but i think you know, if it's right, I don't think there's there's not going to be a lot from what I've seen. No, what about for sellers? What strategies are you using now? Like you just you said, you had this place on Horn Lake. Are you using different strategies than you did a year, or two years ago? Absolutely, because uh, the, that uh, the feeding frenzy is over. So I think it's super important that they price it right in the pocket, realistically, with what the market is now, as opposed to what it was. A year and a half ago um, and if they talk to multiple agents they're going to get a huge range on prices and I think the wise seller asks for the data the current data for that area not for all of Perry Sound or all of Muskoka or all of wherever that you need to know specific lakes specific towns and what the market's doing there because there's a big difference you know if you you know Manitowoc is not going to 
uh, get the same as Lake Joseph, but it's going to get a lot more than Wally Lake. And we've run into that with, um, you know, people that might not know the area as well. And they just get broad yeah. points and then they price it way too high and it sits on the market. And then it's the dreaded price reduction. Uh, which everybody can see now. It's not hidden. Everybody can find out what the prices have been doing. And if it's a vicious slide, once you start lowering it, you know, people think they've got you. So you need to price it in the pocket. What we were doing in the fall for cottages is we weren't going back. We're going back to like midsummer. I was looking at cottages in October. I was yeah. going back three months. And they say, well, what about this one that sold in April? I went, no, can't use that. Because you know it sold seven offers and went over what it was worth. Um, maybe it was yes. worth at a time, but I would argue that it wasn't. And right. um, you know, so this spring's going to be interesting because this, you know the, the data set we're going to be using because there hasn't been anything for sale. Mm -hmm. like, at five comparables of properties, so we're going to have to go back kind of into you know the, the last half of 2022 and mm -hmm. use that those sales to kind of, you know, you know, nudge out the, the values for this year and, and assuming that the market's going to be about the same as it was the last half of 2022, which I think is a pretty safe assumption. I don't think there's going to be a huge change in it. And take off the outliers on both sides. Like, you know, you always oh, good get point. the occasional, you know, bizarre sale both ways you know way too high way way overpaid or a deal for some unknown reason so uh, i don't think the raw data people that just look at the raw data on their computer don't get the whole story you kind of have to know the area <laughs> you have to be able to interpret the data yeah absolutely so with the, with the pandemic i wouldn't say it's over but it's certainly it's, it's it tends it seems to be winding down it's certainly the, the effect is how it's changed our lives since 20 march 2020 it's almost three years it's hard to believe um what are the kind of the the changes that you think are not going to go away i've been asked this and it's actually it's a it's a really good thought kind of experiment you're kind of going hmm mm. you know some of some of the things now that we're doing we weren't doing in 2019 and we're mm -hmm. now we're doing them more often than not yeah i think from what i've seen from my clients a huge majority for waterfront purchases they want to retire up here uh, eventually so that's always been a thing but i think it sort of accelerated with the pandemic they they want to move to the north so they're buying cottages that are either year-round or they can convert to year-round um and a huge game changer has actually been Starlink because there was a lot of areas, at least on our side of the district, where you could not get good internet. It was horrific. It was akin to dial up. You know, it was brutal. We couldn't do what we're doing now, which is on Starlink, by the way. Uh, yeah. So there's here. so there's a little bit of lag at some point. You know, uh, get in touch with Elon Musk on Twitter and complain. Yeah, I'll call him when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and, and and you know, like it's that was the number one question we're being asked, especially early in the pandemic. Is yeah, what do we do for internet? Mm -hmm. I can get fiber at that remote access cottage on that island in the middle of that lake next to Golden Park. Can't I? And it's like, like wow. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like even where our cabin is, which is by Algonquin Park. I mean. 
the the download and upload speeds have completely changed it our neighbor two up works for the provincial government and uh, has to do regular uh, skype meetings and she can do it without any issue whatsoever now and before she actually had an apartment uh, in barry that she rented as well for during the week so it's completely changed things yeah 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 by this so, you know and and, and I, yeah. I think the thing that's going to be the lingering effect i think one of the things is going to be the low inventory levels i think that's going to be the new norm i just oh yeah you know people don't have people aren't selling because they haven't got a place to go to you need a house to live in you need you know Mm -hmm. and cottages we're finding a lot more cottages being passed along i'm gonna call three times this week from people we don't do appraisals i refer it off to other people um we've got an appraiser in our office for example and you know they're passing their cottage down to their kids so they we need to establish a value for canada revenue and you know and i talked to the one person about it and said like these are normally um properties that would come to the market and now they're not and they said yeah 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 you know 20 years ago we would have sold this i'm like my point exactly so for the cottage stuff mm -hmm. i just think that's going to be one of the lingering things no no huge inventories unless the economy really bites you know the dirt and people start selling because they can't afford them anymore but we're not seeing that right now no and i think people like once out of the market, out of the market. Once a family sells the cottage, the odds for the average person being able to afford to get back into the market are so low that I think people are hanging on to them because they figure, hey, if if we ever sell it, that's it. We're out of the out of cottaging, and it's sad, but it's true. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So if you're looking for a cottage in El Maguin down through to Muskoka, what are kind of the the lakes that are the most popular maybe what some of the lakes that are you know not as well known but have you know that offer really good value to buyers yeah um horn lake which is the one i grew up on so i'm biased uh but it's after amic lake and lake sissy it's the most popular like it's the most sought after lake it's it's not that large but it's extremely clean uh and the top third of it is all crown land it's a very eco-friendly set of folks that are on that cottage which is spectacular a great cottage and association so um uh, and there's a lot of restrictions to anything that's done on the lake from the municipal end to the provincial end because it's such a significant lake that is um that's a pretty cool lake you know the price is reflected to a point so it's there's no deal on that lake but it's a sort of un sort of under the radar lake that uh a lot of people will not have heard of that are not in the know yeah well this is good because that's something we get asked all the time yeah you know, what are kind of the, the lakes that are you know kind of slip under the radar everybody yeah. knows lake joe and like rosslo yeah. and georgian bay and things like that but you know not many people know of some of these other nice little lakes and the only problem is sometimes the availability like we've got a lake called wawash cash you know mm. it because you sold stuff i've sold stuff up there beautiful lake it's the it's the largest Good. lake in our area but there's only 120 properties on it 
Yeah. And half of them are water, or over half are water access. So trying to get a road access one on Walrus Catch is difficult. It could take a year or so to find something. Oh, yeah. We paddled it last year. I had never been on it. Um, I'd sold on it, but I never spent time on the water. Unbelievably beautiful. Gorgeous. And so much yeah. crown land. You know, Magnetowan River at the north end, it's just, it's incredible. But like you said, so few places come up for sale. Yeah, which is kind of the always the thing that we're always struggling with. And that's been, you know, since I started this business, it's always yeah. a struggle, you know, trying to find inventory. It's just getting tougher. So mm -hmm. if you, we're, we're both local agents. You know, I've been doing this, it'll be 38 years in May, <laughs> believe it or not. You've been, how many years now? About 12, 13? Uh, 12 or maybe 14 now. I don't know. It's all a blur. Okay. It's all it's all yeah. a blur yeah it's like yeah. it's hard to believe it's 2023 so i think it was somewhere around 2009 2010 when you got on the business but yeah. what's the you know and one of the things we noticed with the pandemic is we had people driving from all over the place um, know, show cottage properties and uh yeah. you know give give your elevator pitch why you should use a local agent i know it's something we talk about all the time you could go on for hours why but Try yeah. to keep it down to a minute or two, just to share yeah. with you. Oh, well, we've touched on it a few times. The biggest, the biggest thing, not to, you know, put people down, but you need to know what you're selling. You need to know the area, and they think that maybe if they Google it or they look at the data sets that they can become an expert in a certain area or a certain lake. But you can't, because even within lakes, there's you know good areas and not so good areas on, on certain lakes or rules can be different on different sides of lakes. And what I found was the, the pricing to be spastic. Some tremendously underpriced them, some really overpriced them because they, they didn't know the lake. Um, you need to know what you're selling. And it's tough if you're sitting at a computer in Mississauga and you've never been on Walmash Cash <laughs> to price it. <laughs> You know, Uncle Joe wants me to list their, their place. You know, it would be like you or I trying to sell a, a condo in Hamilton. I have no clue. Like I, I could look at the data sets. I have no clue. I haven't got the foggiest notion about that kind of stuff. And it would be doing my, my, my clients a disservice to try to fumble my way through it. I mean, I could lose them tens of thousands of dollars or alternatively they might never sell because I priced it wrong or I don't know that there's, you know, in this area, there could be a huge development coming up. I ran into that twice this year where yeah. uh, we knew about it because we were sort of, you know, abreast of what's going on. And there's some large developments going in down Carneyway, for instance. So people think that they're buying this quiet little lake <laughs> You know, yep. little do they know that in the next five years, you know, it is not going to look the same. And, and you just can't get that by sitting at a desk in Mississauga. It just doesn't work that way. Well, we've talked about the, the buyers that we've dealt with as sellers later on that have bought cottages in our area, intending them mm. to use them as short-term rentals. And <laughs> you cannot, and this is, you know, I've talked to other people about this recently. We've actually put a brochure together just to kind of try to parse it out a little bit for people. You can't do short-term rentals in many of the municipalities around here. They will, they will prosecute you. It's, it's, it, and they, and they have the right to do it. It's gone to court, it's gone to appeal. 
They have the right, right to do it. And whether you agree with it or not, it's irrelevant. So yeah. we have people that come in and say, we want to short-term rent it half the summer. It's like, okay, that's fine. We're not going to do it in this township, this township, or this township. Maybe this township. Maybe yeah. this township. Probably this township. And, you know, and it's becoming, it's a huge issue. But, you know, you're going to get little pieces of that looking at Google News or whatever and finding this stuff out. You'll find everything. So yeah. it's, oh. yeah, absolutely. Well, it's something I, I preach still in blue in my face. Well, what about, what about the way that we market properties? Like, you know, how, <laughs> how, is it, how is it different now, for example, than when, say, you started in the business? Oh, so different. The, the, the DDF has made a big difference. That's the data mm. distribution facility. So Jim is really up on that. I think he was one of the founding people on that but it's it's we a great it, yeah. tool, great tool um not everybody does it but basically the coles notes version is if uh if we put a listing up it then populates on sites you know all over ontario and the country for that matter on some levels and uh it just increases your exposure exponentially i don't know everybody doesn't do it um because it's just uh a spectacular way of getting the the properties out there for people. Yeah, and if you're interviewing agents and they haven't got it, we tell we tell we tell prospective sellers that they don't have an online marketing plan. Really, yeah. are you gonna put it in the newspaper? Like, like yeah. seriously, this is 2023. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. online also, marketing is a huge part of our business. And we have um, our websites are are kind of unique not totally but we we have individual lakes on our so if somebody's interested in lake manitowabing they can look up the individual properties just on that it makes it so much more efficient than it used to be where you you know scrolled for hours or <laughs> to try to find what you were looking for it's really made it efficient yeah well it's um it, it's trying to get the information out to buyers out there and sellers is always you know uh was always a struggle, but now it's relatively easy with websites and blogs and things like that. Social media, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we we certainly are whom you are in all those fields as well. So if if I'm somebody in Toronto and I'm looking to have a quiet country experience, I have to say John lives in his absolute beautiful log home on a farm outside of Magneto One. It's about as rural as you can get. You know, his internet is, is, is Starlink. He's living the life. But, you know, what's the advantage of your area, say, over other areas that people might be looking at? You know, Peterborough area, Grey Bruce. What's the, the advantage of a Magwin in the Magnetowan area? Well, Magnetowan specifically has a, a really tight-knit community. Um, like, the social groups are strong. Um, you know, I've lived in other areas and, and, and this rural Magwin is very grassrootsy, um, you know, great farmer's markets. A lot of places have, have these things too, but it seems to be much tighter and, um, the sense of community is extremely strong here. And the water quality is great because most people that come to this neck of the woods, they want to spend time on the water too. And we've got, um, you know, public access to almost all of the lakes that's free. And 
our water quality is, is quite good. Most of our water comes from Algonquin Park through the Magnetowan River system. So we haven't got, you know, some of the, say, algae bloom problems. We have some, all lakes have some, but maybe not as prevalent in other areas as well. Um, it's kind of a low-key low-key neck of the woods low-key area but it's still but it's still close to shopping and close to hospitals absolutely no the humidity you want yeah yeah we're, we're 30 minutes from huntsville we're 45 minutes from perry sound so it's kind of the best of both worlds you know you're you're close to the close to the shopping and the good restaurants but not the crowds and you don't want them <laughs> yep. no well that's kind of self-defeating isn't it Exactly. Want to urban. I, I can't see a day and age where we see Bang That One become urbanized. So it's always no, going to stay, no, a, always gonna stay a, a quaint small town. So good. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for coming in on our inaugural uh, podcast on here. We're going to be trying, I'm going to try to be doing these things about every seven to 10 days. We have some vacation time coming up in, in March. So obviously i'm not going to be doing it then but we're going to try to keep these things regular we've got lots of guests that we're going to be bringing in other real estate people business professionals maybe some municipal people we're we're, we're communicating with people right now trying to come up with a bit of a an itinerary going forward so check us out uh if you can subscribe to us through youtube you can certainly do that or you can keep an eye on the website here john thank you very much for for coming in today through starlink and I'm sure I'll be talking to you this week. Have a good day. Take care. It's been fun. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.